God is good. Our, pro- our lives are proof that God is good. Man, I love that last line of that song, or one of the lines of that song. So thank you, worship team, for leading us today. Hey, I want to get just a couple of things, um, just to talk about a couple of things before we go into the message today. We are concluding our One Another series today, so uh, I'm excited about that. Um, the timing works out really good. Just uh, my, my family and I are going on vacation this week, so it's not a missions trip, it's not a conference, it's an actual vacation that we're going on, so we're pretty excited about that. We'll be leaving Thursday. I just, you know what, I'm not one to hide our schedule or anything, so that's where we'll be uh, through Wednesday. And so um, right after that, like the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we are going to be doing a wedding for Ralphie and for Kay, so we're excited about that. Woo! Get married! So, and then, can I tell what's going on right after that? So the 26th, we're going to pray for them because they're getting married and then they're moving. They're going to go to uh, Idaho. Uh, Kay has uh, accepted a big job out there, so we're going to pray for them, and uh, Ralphie's going to be on the job hunt. You know, any, anywhere you have guys and cars, you're going to have racing, so he'll find a job no problem out there whatsoever. Um, I think after the first, was it Henry Ford who said after the second car was um, manufactured, then there was a race? You know, so anytime there's cars around, guys are going to find a way to race. I mean, we'll race trash cans. Get us a sled hill. We'll get in a trash can. We'll race. That's just how it is. So we'll pray for them. Uh, next Sunday, Pastor Matt will be speaking. He's, man, you guys are like way in the back today. Wow. Uh, but Pastor Matt will be speaking next Sunday. So come out. It's going to be amazing as always. The following Sunday, we'll of course be back, but Dean and Rachel um, are going to be sharing about their Niger experience. You know, as, as a church, we sent them to Niger, um, just as far as paying for their trip, commissioning them, praying for them. So we're going to take uh, that Sunday to be able to um, just find out what happened. As Mr. Stowe said, they're going to be going out to villages. I think first thing tomorrow, Dean just uh, sent me a text um, and said that they were going to be ministering in a school as well. So um, that way you can be in prayer. I will continue to send out emails. By the way, I say this every time I talk about emails. If you are not receiving emails from me uh, pretty much on a weekly basis, please let me know so I can add you to our MailChimp account. It just sends out all of our emails for us. And how you can do that is on, either on your bulletin or the card that Miss Vicky has for... Um, the, the directory, fill that out, put your email on there, and I will add you to that list, and that way you can keep up to date on what's going on. And one more update about Miss B. She is still in the hospital, hopes to go home tomorrow. Uh, her sister Lori was telling me that um, she's just got a, a few more tests that she has to be able to pass, some things that she has to be able to do before she can go home. So let's just, you know, continue to lift up Miss B. I've seen her the last couple of days, and as sick as she was on the day she went into the hospital, she was still cutting up laughing. You know, that's just, that's just Miss B and who she is. So we are praying against the cancer in Jesus' name and uh, that she would just be made whole. Amen. Amen. So it is good to see you. Man, Stasha and I, I know we say this, I don't want it to get old, but we just love you guys. We were at a pastor's conference yesterday um, in Concord. It was a regional conference for the Foursquare churches around here. And I just, why do I love going to those so much? Well, yeah, I get to see some of my old friends, but I get to brag, you know, on my church and just the amazing things that God is doing. So um, we love you guys. It's it always helps to you know, keep that in perspective, just how amazing you all are. So go ahead and pat yourself on the back. No, it's okay. Yeah, there you go. So that's a pat on the back. 
<laughs> well, let's get going here as we conclude. Just a few of you patted yourself on the back, by the way, and it's okay. Humbleness is a good quality. Um, I heard someone say one time that they were given a humble award in school, but they took it away from them because they wore it around everywhere. That was Tim Fox. So, and he just went out. He didn't even get to hear me talk about that, but he, he said that a few weeks ago. Did you catch that? Okay, all right. So just making sure. Some of you will get that a little bit later. Won a humble award, but they took it away because he kept wearing it. So there we go. All right. It'll come right at lunchtime. Um, core value. We love God, as Mr. Stowe was saying, and we commit to love one another. We've, we've well addressed there are those times you have to commit to love some people in your family. Lord, today's a tough one, but I've got to commit to love people in my family. Or your coworkers. You know, uh, Stasha and I went to get our license updated, you know, because we have a change of address and everything. And uh, we were there at the office at the, at the DMV, and um, apparently there was a little tiff that was going on in the DMV. And you just heard somebody say, oh, my goodness, if, if, if one more time, if so-and-so does this one more time, and you heard the other employee say, it's all right, it's going to get better, you know. But there was a little, we, we have those. You have those in your family. You have those at home. We even have those in church sometimes. But we want to address that because we understand, and we're going to see today, when there is unity in the body of Christ, there is freedom to minister. There is freedom to be free. We'll make sense of that statement here in just a moment. But we even have those where so-and-so that sits two aisles in front of you, two rows in front of you, they just get on your nerves. And that's okay. We're human. But what are we going to do about that? We can't stay there. We cannot stay in the place where someone in our church stays on your nerves. You have to do something about it. So that's where we're going to be today going into that. And, and when I say you... You know, my mom always taught me this. When you're pointing at people, you got three fingers pointing right back at you. I get irritated with people sometimes, but I have to remember, Giles, what are you going to do about it? So that's what we're, we're doing today. We are talking about accept one another. Okay, so there's, there's people that we have to choose to accept. That we, we just have to choose that. Um, so, but why is that? Why is it that we must accept one another, especially in the body of Christ, because Paul talks about it a lot. If you read through the New Testament, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. He, he talks about this. It has everything to do with freedom, freedom in Christ and freedom to minister. As Christians, we are invited to freedom. Think about this for a moment. For a moment. From the very beginning, God gave freedom. What did he tell Adam and Eve when they were in the garden? He said, Every tree, every fruit that is within the garden is yours. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of food types that they could eat. And he said, except for this one tree. That's all kinds of freedom. When you walk into a room, you walk into a buffet. Oh, my goodness. What's your favorite kind of buffet? You know, you've got Chinese food, you have Golden Corral, all these different things. And they have hundreds of items on this buffet menu. So you can have all these things except for maybe there's something that you're allergic to, one food that you can't have. But think of the freedom, everything else that you can have. See, a few years ago on the men's retreat, I was just back here looking at Ryan for a moment, he got a bowl of ice cream, and he had it in front of him, and he says, oh, I forgot something, a cookie, something like that. So he had to go back and get his cookie. And when he came back, half of his ice cream was gone because Mr. Stowe was eating it. 
It had pie in it too. See, that was off limits for Mr. Stowe, but he, all the dessert that was up on the bar, and he took Ryan's. That's sin, that's stealing. <laughs> and Mr. Stowe said it was fun. You know what? Sin can be fun at times. It, it can be. However, the consequences after that, I got off topic. <laughs> the consequences after that, there was repentance that was made, I'm sure. But all this freedom, God built freedom into creation. This one thing you cannot have. Isn't it interesting that we are, as humans are always drawn to the sin that we're not supposed to participate in? Paul wrote about it like this. He says, the things that I want to do, I don't do it. He even said that, and the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't do, I should be doing. You know, He goes through this whole thing about this idea of sin and freedom, and that's the fact. God was built in, uh, freedom was built into God's created order. So many Christians will feel bound when they are not accepted by the family of God. I want to talk about this just for a moment, so stay with me here. Christians are bound when they are not accepted by the family of God. How is that? We are going to see how we bind ourselves when we have disunity in our hearts. Now, the police chief was supposed to be here today. You guys remember that. He had something come up. I got a text last night at 10 o'clock and, uh, you know, police chief stuff. And so we'll, we'll, we're going to pray for the, the police and, and all that, even though he wasn't able to be there. But I was, oh, you would have loved this. I was going to handcuff me today. So I want you to picture me being in handcuffs this morning. Okay, That's not a pleasant thought, is it? We don't want to be bound. But when we... Do not accept one another. Let's just say for a moment, you do not accept me. It's like putting handcuffs on me. Why is that? Because I am a gift of God to you. You are a gift of God to me. And you're like, seriously, that person's a gift? Absolutely. If you are part of the family God, everyone has gifts. And when we do not accept one another, we are handcuffing that gift. And probably losing out on a blessing. You mean, seriously, you're talking about so-and-so? Yeah, I'm talking about them as well. It's that whole idea of a handcuff. Uh, you go ahead and turn to Romans 14. We'll get there in just a moment. But Romans 15, 7 says this, Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God would be given glory. When we accept one another, God is honored and glorified. How many of you want to glorify the name of God? You want to lift him up because the Bible says, when I am lifted up, when I am glorified, I will draw all people to myself. Isn't that crazy how when we do not accept one another, it does not bring God honor? We're talking about Christians here today. So this is why we're talking about accepting one another and why we are bringing this series together. You'll hear some things repeated today because at Abundant Life, we want to honor God. We want His name uh, to be lifted high. So what does it look like to accept one another? Families and churches are affected when there is no acceptance of one another. And often we as Christians, we want to critique and try and change each other. Now, don't be elbowing your, your spouse today, okay? Don't be elbowing them if you're here with your spouse. Um, but in church, we want to critique and change people at church. Well, they should do this. They shouldn't do that. You know, we want to critique those type of things. In our homes, we want to change your spouse. We want to change your kids. We, we critique in a sense of criticizing, you know, instead of accepting as, as we're going to get to. So here's the first point today. To accept one another 
we do not judge others based on our personal preference. Now, we heard this just a couple weeks ago, okay? But to accept one another, we do not judge others based on our personal preference. I wish you could have been here this morning just before practice. Nathan, um, my son, was over here, and he was just laying down a beat on the drums, you know, Mr. 14, almost 15-year-old. By the way, Gabe's birthday was yesterday, 13 years old. Woo! So, um, but he's laying down a beat, and it's you know, kind of got a nice little groove to it because that's what kids do, yeah? So here's Miss Vicky, totally different generation, and what did you start playing? It is well with my soul. So she has got a groove going on the piano to Nathan's. And so you see this merging here, sort of an acceptance of the, the two generations coming together. We're playing it is well to a funky beat. And it was pretty cool. As it, can we just, no, I'm just teasing. We're not going to do that. But it was cool. That's that acceptance that was, that was happening there. So to accept one another, we don't judge others based on our personal preferences. We're going to see this in Romans chapter 14. So I had you turn there, um, and, and let's read through that. Just verse 1 there. It says, Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Can we read that one more time? Is it up on the screen? Let's read this together, okay? Romans 14.1, it says... Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them what they think is right or wrong. Now that's the New Living Translation, okay? So let's open this up. This points to opinion. Much of what we are talking about today is pointed toward opinion. We're going to see that now there is sin that has to be addressed. Those points are not arguable when it comes to our brothers and sisters. So don't let me get ahead of myself, though. Um, we as the church, we are to judge sin. Now, a big phrase going around here today uh, as far as our world is don't judge me okay we're wrapping this up we've talked about this before as well in the body of Christ we when it comes to sin we're really not allowed to use that phrase don't judge me when it comes to sin absolutely the body of Christ has been given permission uh, to judge sin okay not preference but sin now why is that well how else are we going to turn for one Okay, but also we have talked about very clearly the people who judge had better not have sin in their lives. Your, your life had better be right before God when you're bringing up, hey, Ryan, I just want to let you know this, what you're doing is not right. But yet I am in the exact same sin that he is. The Bible says you can't do that. Why is it? Because that's being a hypocrite, isn't it? So, but it's for the purpose of turning someone to God. So that's back to God, I should say, because we're talking about believers here. So when we judge one another, Christians, our heart is to be right before the Lord, and it is only to be matters regarding sin, okay? Not preference in this. Is this making sense? Is this kind of help clearing some things up? Um, for example, a particular, maybe a, a dressing style. You're looking at me this morning. Why in the world would he wear that shirt with that jacket? Now, I don't know. I think it looks pretty good, but I'm... 
not a fashion expert. Is it look up? Mama Lee likes it, so that's good. There may be some of you out there who think that looks horrible, and so you can't even receive of the message today. You know, that's, that's just an example. That's just an example of what I'm talking about. We don't judge others based on our personal preference, such as style, music. This is worth writing down if you're taking notes today. And as always, I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to bring your Bible so you can mark in it and, and go back and look at it throughout the week. But if God hasn't regulated it, then don't judge it, is what it's saying when it comes to uh, how we accept one another. If God has not regulated it, then don't judge it. We're going to unpack that here in just a little bit as well. Because judging based on preference only creates friction within a home or within a church or within a workplace. You see that? Because we all have opinions. How many in here are Panther fans? You're Carolina Panther fans, right? Uh, how many are not? See, we could have a fight in here, couldn't we? You know? So we, we could. We could have, right, Ralphie, you're a who fan? Vikings? Do they play? <laughs> oh, I'm just messing. See, you're only going to be here for a little bit, Ralphie, so I got to go while we can. But that can create friction based on preference, and that's a lighthearted thing. But man, some things can really cause tension within a church. You've heard of the churches where uh, a new pastor comes in and the piano gets moved across the platform. And this has happened. This, this kind of stuff really has happened before. And it divides the church because the piano was moved. Well, the smart pastor will come in and move the piano over a year's time, an inch at a time, until it gets to the other side, and then all is good, right? But no, these things can happen within a church, within families, right, Miss Vicky? <laughs> She's over there just laughing. She's like, my piano keeps getting moved. Um, <laughs> but judging based on preference can, can, can create friction within a home or a church or a workplace. The bottom line, enjoy your freedom, but don't impose your freedom on someone else, right? We're going to see this here. Enforcing our opinion becomes legalism. Now, we've heard that in the church, too, where, where things that aren't God's law somehow become God's law, and God's like, wait a minute, I didn't even write that. But we're like, well, you know, uh, you have to, you're, all of you guys, by the way, because uh, the Bible talks about, um, I don't know, baldness and so guys next week all of you should come in here all my bald people high five so it, we all of a sudden abundant life makes it a rule that you have to come in here with a shaved head okay that sounds ridiculous but we've done that through dress you have to dress this way you have to do this you have to do the other but it's that preference that imposes that's imposed that becomes legalism and it oppresses and it handcuffs people you see, to where they're not able to function, they're not able to bless you. Matter of fact, they're irritated with you because of what you've put on them that's not in God's Word. So, are, we still, are you still with me this morning? It's, it's called bondage. It's called adding God's laws and adding God... Um, it's called adding laws and adding God's name to it. Some places even call it a cult. Because it's a bunch of man-made laws that we have and rules that we have come up with. So, um, I did a ride-along with the police department on Thursday night. You know, I'm doing some chaplain work with the police department, and man, it's a lot of fun. So, I finally got around to my 
first ride along in a police car. So the first couple hours I was with a canine unit, and I was like, man, tase somebody, bite somebody. You know, that was what I'm thinking because I wanted to, I watched too much live PD and cops and things like that. I was wanting to see some action that was going on. The second shift, it had started getting, you like, is that a pastor of the church wanting somebody bit by a dog? No, I really, well, yeah. Um, so the second car that I got in, it was dark time, and we were actually driving by the church up this way, and I'm just talking to the officer, finding out a little bit about him. Officer Norton, so if you ever get pulled over, just tell him you know me. I don't know if it'll do anything. He's a really nice guy, um, and he's really nice when he gives you a ticket. I watched it happen, too. But we're, we're up here. We're past the big race shop that used to be up here, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, he pulls off the road into the grass and whips the car around, turns on the lights, siren, and nails it, and I'm like back in my seat, and I'm all... Yeah, this is awesome. And so we pull someone over here. And you, how many of you had the blue lights turned on behind you before? What's the, <laughs> we're opening the altars right now. Oh, my word. Goodness. Can, do that again. How many of you have had the... Oh, Jesus, we need revival up in here. Where was I? Oh, blue lights, yeah. So here's the thing. He goes up and he pulls over a couple of people and, and you know, that, that sinking feeling that you get. The police do not pull you over and the police do not arrest you if you are living in freedom, right? So if you're not speeding chances are you're not going to get pulled over. If your registration, by the way, please check your tags. We pulled over like five people who registration was out on their car, their tags. So please check that when you leave today. Um, but if you are living in, just that's a personal, I mean, that's a public service announcement for you. But the, the police will not arrest you if you live in freedom. But when you cross the line and those boundaries you could find yourself in a set of handcuffs, right? Now, who in here has been in handcuffs? Oh, don't answer that. I'm not going to ask who's been in handcuffs. I'm just messing with you. People are like, oh, I want to see who has it been arrested before. What are God's parameters? We know the laws of our land. If I break this law, then I could get pulled over. If I break that law, I could go to jail. So we need to have the mindset of what are God's parameters? Not what are Doug's parameters, unless they're God's, right? Not what are Robert's parameters, unless they're God's. But what are God's parameters uh, when it comes to this? So we are to judge based on that, okay? With a pure heart, with a heart of restoration, not with a heart of pointing fingers, okay? So that's, that's what we're looking at getting to today. Here's the thing. When we are approaching and, uh, and accepting our brothers and sisters in Christ based on that, you will be much happier and so will other people. How is that? Because other people aren't happy because you put them in handcuffs for no reason. You will not be happy because you are in a life of constant judgment and thinking they should be doing it. So you're not worried about yourself. You're thinking about what they should be doing. And God is saying there is freedom. Allow people to enjoy their freedom. We're going to see in just a moment. But hey, people, you who have freedom, don't look down on your brothers and sisters who may not have that same freedom. 
We'll open that up here in just a moment too. And that comes with point two right now. Do not cause your brother to stumble. Galatians, you're already in chapter 14. Look at verse 13. Do not cause your brothers to stumble. It says, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Skip down to verse 21. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Let me give you a little bit of context about this scripture. Paul is writing to the church, and he's talking about don't eat meat, don't drink this particular thing if it's going to cause your brother to stumble. So back at this point, you would go into the market and you would buy the meat to feed your family that night, okay? Well, here's what was happening. You had some meat vendors who were selling, you know, T-bone steaks or whatever it is that they were selling at the time. That meat had been offered to an idol. In other words, before they brought it to the market and sold it, they said, oh, great goddess of whatever, we offer this to you. And then they turned around and they sold it. And Paul's basically saying, you know what, it's really not what goes into you that defiles you. Um, so some people are okay with eating meat that has been offered to idols. Some people didn't even know. But here's what the church was doing. They were binding other people up. They were handcuffing them and said, Oh, Wyatt, you just ate that meat that belonged to an idol, that was offered to an idol. And Wyatt's like, Oh, it was? You're going straight to, you know, and they would say all these things and they would bind him. I can't believe that you would do that. I didn't know. Or maybe Wyatt realized uh, what Jesus had taught just a little bit earlier that said it's not those things that go in. I'm free to eat this meat that was offered because here's the thing. It may have been offered to an idol, but I blessed it in Jesus' name. And so I'm able to partake of that. So that's what Paul is addressing here. So it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. So here's what Wyatt would do. He would, he would go over to the Pletcher's house, and he would bring this offering of meat, and the Pletchers are like, oh, we don't eat meat offered to idols. And he would, oh, I'm so sorry. So he wouldn't say, oh, I can't believe you guys won't eat that. Da, da, da. You know, he wouldn't get down onto them. He would honor them, and he would prefer them, and he wouldn't judge them based on a preference, as Paul is talking about. Again, we're not talking about sin. We're talking about preference here. Everybody still with me? We're talking about preferences here. Because here's the thing. We are all at a different place in our spiritual walk. Some of us have walked with the Lord for years and years and years, and we could quote the Bible to you backwards and forwards, and we understand that this is okay, but this is not okay. And then there's some who may just be beginning their relationship with Jesus. And here's the reality. They're not bringing all the religiosity with them about do's and don'ts based on preference. They're thinking, well, I have this freedom. you know." So what Paul is saying is you may have been in church all your life, but we bring a lot of church with us, which is not a bad thing, okay? Here, here's my point on this. When you look at a lot of man-made rules, they were with a good heart. I really believe they were with a good heart. For example, um, you know, a long time ago it was, uh, you know, ladies should wear dresses down to their ankles and all these different, and, and it was with a good heart because yeah, long, yeah, all these different things. Don't wear any makeup. It was all with good intentions. However, it became, well, God says don't do this. God, and all of a sudden, now you have, Miss Vicki, you have a quote on that, don't you, about makeup? 
had a man in the church one time that didn't think women ought to wear makeup, and so we were at camp one year, and my room, our room was next door to his, and I got up one morning, washed my face, put my bathrobe on, walked next door, knocked on his door, and he opened the door, and I said, now, Bob, this is why I wear makeup, and I turned around and walked back. People judging based on preference. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. Great example there. Actually, it's not a great example, Miss Vicki. You're beautiful. Aww. Aww. We're not talking about sin. We're talking about preference. Um, here's the thing. Let me, let me give you a little bit of an example. Stasha and I were just talking about this the other day. There are some Christians who celebrate Santa, the Easter Bunny, you know, different things like that. I'm not going to go too far with that because we have some... But others don't. Let's, let's take Halloween, for example. Let's, let's do Halloween. Um, some believers think it's okay to celebrate Halloween, and other believers don't. Okay, so can we just go with this? Now, here's the thing. At my house, we invited uh, some folks over who had small children to go door-to-door. Gabe was excited, too, right? I mean, he's, he's kind of past the age of trick-or-treating. He just wanted candy. But here's the thing. He was not celebrating Satan. Okay. So it's okay. We let him go trick-or-treating because I wanted some chocolate. And it would be weird for me to walk up to a door and say, trick-or-treat. You know, it just it might not go over well. For some folks, though, Halloween is off limits because it violates their conscience. You know what? That's okay, too. It is. It's okay. I don't want to be at a place of condemning people of something that violates their conscience. But at the same time, I don't want things that are a matter of conscience to to be held against me as well. Um, Enjoy your freedoms. Just don't put your freedoms in front of weaker brothers that will cause them to stumble spiritually. So if we knew of someone who was anti-Halloween, you know, we just just don't participate in Halloween, or we don't tell our kids about SC, you know, we don't don't do that. You know what, then we're not going to do it. We're going to be type of people who says, okay, that's totally fine. God bless you in that. Why is that? We're going to get to this in just a moment, too. We're getting to a lot of things. It's about conscience when it comes to this and preference, okay? And that's a good thing. Another thing. Um... Galatians 4, 14, verse 15. You're already in Galatians there, but verse 15. What's that? Oh, is it Romans? And here I am. I wrote Galatians on everything, didn't I? Yeah. So don't judge me. You're admonishing me. Yeah, I wrote Galatians. Romans 14:15 says, "And if another beloved, beloved, if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died." So again, we're not going to judge based on preference because why? Christ died for those people. They are our brothers and they are our sisters in Christ. So we are to accept one another. Here's a good example for you as well. Tony Evans, by the way, this whole study is based uh, on a teaching of of, uh, Tony Evans. But uh, for those of you who have multiple kids or couple kids and uh, they're a little bit older, you know what I'm going to talk about. But he tells the story about his older daughter who eventually came to a place in her life where she didn't have to take naps. Okay? You know where I'm going with this, right? But the younger kids, 
they did have to take naps. So, you know, I, I see some older uh, siblings in here. Jaden, you're an older sibling, so it's probably a time where you didn't have to take a nap, but your younger brothers did. Now, Jaden, please tell me you didn't do this, okay? But what Tony Evans' daughter did, he caught her one day going into their bedroom at nap time and saying, nah, 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 I don't have to take a nap. That's a good example of what it's like. See, she had freedom. She didn't have to have a nap. But the little ones did for good reason. If you have little kids, they need a nap sometimes. Sometimes us older kids need a nap. <laughs> I got the most amens out of the day. Sometimes we need a nap. But um, it's about looking out for the weaker brothers and sisters. So Tony was able to talk to his little girl about this. Hey, look, you enjoy your freedoms, but if you continue to rub it into your brothers and sisters, you're going to get a nap as well. So that's what we're uh, addressing this morning. Let's look at verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of godliness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That should be our purpose. When we encourage one another, when we come to abundant life, instead of, I can't believe so-and-so acts this way, I can't believe so-and-so does this, I can't believe they do that. It should be about encouraging in goodness. It should be about peace. And it should be about joy. That's one thing that we, in our household, you know, we, we want to do good things for each other. Uh, we, we have determined that our house would be a house of peace. When you walk in, you should be able to feel a sense of peace when you come into our house. Now, does that mean that Stasha and I never fight? I'm not going to answer that. I plead the fifth. Does that mean my boys never fight? No. We have our arguments. We have our quarrels based on preference, usually, you know, our, our particular preference. However, we have determined that the overall theme in our house is a place of peace. And I pray this over abundant life, that when we walk in, it is a place of goodness. It is a place of peace among the brothers and the sisters that we accept one another. You may not like what they do, and that's okay. But we can still be at peace. I still love you at the same time. So, um, I, I can't stress enough that, that we're not talking about issues of sin, okay? Those things need to be dealt with. When there is sin within the body of Christ, within our families, we've got to deal with those things. Here's what God's Word says with the purpose of redemption, okay? But matters of preference, lest accept one another. And let me say this too. Even if it is an issue of sin, we still love them, but with the point of bringing them back into the fellowship, bringing them back into um, covenant with the Lord. If God condemns it, it's off limits. Can we agree upon that? If God's word condemns it, it's off limits. If God does not condemn it and he gives freedom, then go for it. If nothing is said about the issue in the Bible, some of you have asked me this before. Well, God, the, the, the Bible doesn't say anything about this. Well, it comes down to this. It's a matter of conscience at that point. Okay? If God's word condemns it, then don't do it. 
If God's word says it's okay, then do it. And if it doesn't say anything, what does your conscience say? Let's go here again. I've gone here before, and I know this is controversial, but we talk about real life stuff here at Abundant Life, don't we? The Bible does not say do not drink wine. If your conscience is okay to drink wine, then drink wine. Go for it. But the Bible does say do not be drunk with wine. Do you see that? So, so here's the thing. Here's where we can, we can, because it's a perfect example. Feel free to have a glass of wine. But if you get drunk, then you've crossed into the line of sin, according to God's word. Now, that's not my judgment. That's the word of God. Now, let me tell you my feeling on that. Let's talk about opinion here for a moment. Let's talk about preference. Having that freedom, knowing that I can have a glass of wine as long as I don't get drunk and the Bible is okay with that, I choose not to. That's my conscience. And if I were to go out and to have a glass of wine with dinner, it would be a sin to me because I would be violating what God has spoken to me regarding that issue. Not to everybody else, but to me. Now, why is that? I'll tell you, I have two good reasons for that. One, yes, obviously I'm a pastor. And I do feel that I set the example and someone could say, oh, the pastor's getting wasted. We can too. Well, no, he was just, so that's one reason. The second reason is, that's the reason that my mom and dad, one of the reasons my mom and dad uh, are not together. He was a horrible alcoholic. Just, I mean, just bad, wasn't he, mom? I mean, he was just, he was bad. So really it's for both of those reasons. I don't want to go down that road for me. That is personal preference. Does that make sense today? So there may be some of you in here that will have wine, and I'll come up to you at a restaurant, and I'll see you drinking wine. You're all trying to put your napkin over your wine glass. Don't put your wet napkin over your wine glass. <laughs> oh, the pastor's here. The Bible says it's okay. Just don't get drunk. Okay, does that make sense? Is that a good example? Can we use that one today? And so some of you, and, and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I struggled with this for a long time because I was one of those, if you even have a sip of wine, then you're going straight. You know, I, that was how I had been taught. But that's not what the Bible says. So again, we're talking about personal preference. Is everybody good? And if, if you're not good with that, email me. Please let me know. We'll talk it through. Okay, I don't mind addressing those more difficult issues. Um, but we're talking about accepting one another. Here comes the pastor. I want him to accept me, so I'm going to cover it up. No, don't do that. It's, it's okay. All right. Let's get off of that, okay? Here's the thing. This is the point where I was going to have the chief to take my handcuffs off. I was going to speak this whole message with handcuffs on today. We need to release our, our brothers and sisters from the handcuffs. That they can walk in freedom. And when they see us, that they're not thinking, oh no, here comes the pastor. Oh no, here comes Mr. Holier Than Thou. Well, first of all, let's not have a holier than thou attitude, okay? We don't, we don't want that either. But we don't want to hold each other in bondage. As we close out, here's the bottom line of the whole series. Point number three, be a friend and have friends. Be a friend and have friends. You're not going to have very many friends if you're constantly judging them based on your preference. The old thing is birds of a feather flock together. Well, that's true. If you have common interest, you're going you know, to be together. But if we begin to judge one another based on that, you know, we, we have the Ford crowd and we have the Chevy crowd. Isn't it amazing how many people in racing we have in here? And we have some who work on Chevys, some who work on Fords. I don't think we have any Toyota people in here, do we? But we can all come in here together on a Sunday morning and we can lift our hands and praise Jesus together. 
even though a Ford's going to win the championship. But that's okay because I drive a Chevy, so <laughs> I just do a Bible study at a Ford shop. So it's all good. We all come together and we worship the Lord. Do, um, be a friend and have friends. I wanna, uh, last place we're going to turn to is Luke 5. And uh, actually, I got this from Mr. Stowe this week. It was on our Tuesday morning uh, study, so um, it, was, it was good. Luke 15, verse 18 through 20. I'm pretty sure that's the right book. <laughs> Some men came carrying a paralyzed man sleeping on a mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some of the tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. This young man walked away healed. But let's, let's look at this story a little bit closer. Here's a guy is, who is so sick that he can't walk to see Jesus. He had invested in friendships that when he was to the point of sickness, he had people that came and carried him to Jesus. Not only did they carry him to Jesus, there was no way to get into Jesus. They carried him up on the roof, removed tiles, and lowered him down. Side note, I kind of see our military as that, by the way, right? They're willing to go lay down their life for the rest of us who stay home, you know, and, and, and do the things that have to be done here. Thank God for our military. We often think that the only miracle that took place was the healing. But the true miracle is that this young man had friends who carried him in a time of need. And went the way extra di distance to see that his need was met. Have you invested in others so that they would want to be there for you, right? In other words, not that constant judgment, judgment of people, but you're there for them. You love them. These friends went to great lengths to help their friend in need. My brother uh, just posted something yesterday. He was an Army guy, military guy, and uh, he was in back in 93, I think is when it was. No, my brother was in the Army. Yeah, He was my brother. You weren't even born yet. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, Pastor Arlen Swinger, he used to be a pastor here at Mooresville, by the way, long time ago. Some of you know Pastor Arlen Swinger. When my brother came home from the army, he was kind of a mess. He had this whole, there was this whole transition, and, and our military people can tell you this, there was this whole transition from military life back into civilian life. And for him, it was a little bit rocky. And he posted, Arlen Swinger said, thank you for your service. And he said, Pastor Arlen, thank you for being there for me when I came home because I was a mess and you loved me until I adjusted back into civilian life. What a testimony. Uh, it was 93, two, that was that 20, 30 years, however long it's been. And my brother still remembers that. And I guarantee you, my brother, if Arlen had a, an issue down in Florida, my brother would take a couple days off work and drive down to Florida because Pastor Arlen was there for him in those moments. Here's the other thing. Will you carry others to Jesus in their time of need? So not, would, not only would someone carry you, but would you be willing to carry others 
in their time of need. That's the whole idea of be a friend, have a friend, accept one another. Yeah, they fell down again. You know what? They even sinned again. But let's take them back to the cross. Let's take them back to Jesus. Are we willing to even be able to do that? Even if they're not, we're going to take it a step further, okay? Even if they're not a good friend, am I willing to say, yeah, someone, you totally blew it again, and I don't really know you that well, but can I show you Jesus? That's what Dean and Rachel are doing over in Niger. People who don't know Jesus, yeah? But let's bring it back home. Let's bring it back to our Christian brothers and sisters. They've messed up again. They've sinned again, or their preference isn't like mine. But you know what? I'm going to accept them, and I'm going to carry them to Jesus. Can we be a church that commits to do that? Yes, outside of these walls. But I can tell you, we won't be as effective outside of these walls if we don't first do it within these walls. Yeah? We've, if we can't accept one another, and I'm closing this out. If we cannot accept one another and, and recognize that we are gifts to one another it's going to be that much more difficult outside of these walls. And let me tell you, here's why I'm so encouraged. I hear the stories of you calling one another. I hear stories of you encouraging one another, partnering together. Um, you know, when, when someone is down, you go and encourage them. Man, that blesses my heart so much. But let's keep doing it. Let's not get, you know, relaxed in that, but just continue to do it. You know, there's some ladies here in the church who they send cards, and there's nothing like getting an unexpected card in the mail. You know, just for, for no reason whatsoever, you get a card. Uh, a couple ladies send us a, a, a congratulations on your new home. And I'm like, wow, that was, I wasn't expecting that. What did it do? It was just like, man, I could go through the rest of the day and, and help Stasha get all those boxes unpacked. Just because of the encouragement. So let's accept one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's forgive one another. And all the 12 one another's that we have gone through. They're not coming to my head right now. But there's a bunch of one another's that we have talked about. Why is it so important? Because this relationship, one to another, affects this relationship between us and God. If you cannot love your brother, how can you say that you love God? As the word of God talks to us. And, and I just want to... Thank you for loving each other. Thank you so much for loving each other and, uh, and encouraging one another. Let's, this week, let's be on the lookout how we can bless somebody else. Let's stand today. And I'm going to get extremely cheesy, and I'm going to get extremely Hallmark Channel on you. And I'm not a fan of Hallmark Channel, but I want us to bridge the aisle, grab hands. Um, for those of you who are germaphobes, we have some hand sanitizer at the back when we're done. But I want us to be able to do that. Um, yeah, Ryan's coming over. Man, this is great. Look at you all. Y'all, sorry. Look at y'all. We are in the South. I mean, I wish you could see you. I really do. This is a picture of the body of Christ. And we have some visitors here today, too. You know what? We're the body. Of, we're the family of God. I don't like that word visitor anyway. It's more like guest because you're here and, you know, we, we're so grateful that you are here. And so you're part of the family of God today. Lord, I just thank you for each and every one who is here. And God, we want to commit to love others. We love you so much, God. And there's times, I know, I get irritated, I get frustrated. God, will you help me with that? <laughs> help me to recognize how much you love me. And I'm sure multiple times throughout the day, you love me at my weaknesses, at my imperfections.
and you hold me and you bring me back whenever I ask for forgiveness for my sins. Thank you that you still love me, God. Help us to love one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't want to ever stop a service without doing this too. Um, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you've never made that confession of sin. You know, I recognize that I haven't lived my life the greatest. Um, I have sin in my life. Here's the thing. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, didn't he? And I want you to understand that. If you didn't know that, he did. Um, he is the Son of God. He came to earth. We're coming up on Christmas. We know that he came to earth as a baby. Uh, as we come upon Easter, we know that he died on the cross for our sins. And if you've never made that confession of faith, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to lead you to Jesus today. I want you to be able to, anybody at all, you say, you know what, I need Jesus in my life because I've, I've never asked Jesus before. Anybody at all? All right. I say this all the time too. We're believers in here. Let's go out this week and let's tell people about Jesus. Mr. Stowe and Ms. Stowe are going to come up and dismiss us. Um, if you have any prayer request, if you have any agreement that you need, come up here. They will pray for you. Maybe you want to, you know, you say, you know what, I didn't raise my hand, but I need Jesus. They'll be able to pray with you about that as well. Amen. Stasha and I love you. We're so grateful for you. You are an amazing group of believers, and we love you so much. Mr. Stowe. Father God, we thank you for the words we've heard today for the teaching from Tony Evans and how Pastor has taken it and adapted it and added to it for us. And Lord, I pray this series has changed our lives, Lord, that we might be more like what you've called us to be. And we just love you and we commit to love one another. In Jesus' name, amen.